This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome, everybody, to episode 12 of That Six. I am your host, Kyler Bills. Man, I'm very grateful, obviously, you know, to have the opportunity to talk to you guys again. Man, another week gone, another very exciting and a week of ahead of hypothesizing um, and new acquisitions for teams. Uh, as I am writing this script, some new information has come out um, that if you were an Anthony, Richard fan, Anthony Richardson fan like me, you're very happy. And if you're the other 95% of the Carolina Panthers fan base, uh, you're damn near crying. Um, but man, yeah, with the, uh, with the details out of the way, you know what I'm saying? I think we can kind of jump into this episode. Um, uh, man, it's time to talk about the condo chronicles. So obviously, you know, the big thing going on, you know, right now is, is Carolina training for that number one overall pick. A lot of hypothesizing of, of who's going to Carolina is going to take and how that's going to really affect the top five as far as the draft order and how the quarterbacks fall throughout there. Um, I want to start off by saying, you know, a lot of mock drafts, whether they be, you know, from a lot of analysts or Panthers fans, you know, a lot of Panthers sites are starting to introduce Bryce Young, you know, into the mock drafts along with CJ Stroud throughout this whole time. CJ Stroud has has still has always been the guy that a lot of people have seen Carolina to be to go out there and get. You know what I'm saying? So I think, you know, it's it's interesting with the press conference, excuse me, um, that Scott Fitterer, Frank Reich talked about. A lot of the things that they were saying, you know, had to do with Bryce Young and characteristics of Bryce Young, whether it be Frank Reich saying that he knows he knows he has this, you know, ideology or this this belief behind him that he only works with big quarterbacks with Peyton Manning, Phillip Rivers, um, Matt Ryan, guys like that, Jacoby Brisket. <laughs> um, but he said that he had a, a very high grade on Russell Wilson, who was five eleven, I believe. And how obviously that that talks about Bryce Young, you know, only being five ten and a half. Just a little hint there, you know. Carolina's dropping hints here and there um, about what you know they're gonna do. And I don't know if it's all smoke. I don't know if it's it's genuine hints or what it is. But there's a lot of conflicting information. But I think that it's interesting to see Bryce Young, you know, brought up in these top debates as far as who Carolina is gonna take at pick number one. To me, I still don't know. You know, like I said, I, I have the guy that I believe that they're going to take, and I think that they should take. You know, if it was me in Carolina, um, but it's it's still all up to hearsay, and, and he said, she said, and whatnot. You know, I think it's really interesting. Um, and, and moving on from Bryce Young, kind of being developed in there, I will talk about. I still think, you know, with all this new information coming out, and his pro day was today, I still think that the CJ Stroud is going to be the pick in Carolina. Um, like I said, I would still bet my whole house on it, you know, and everything that I own. But it'll be interesting to really see how things shake out in that aspect. Um, you know, Carolina sent 14 people, I believe, today to CJ Stroud's pro day. Um, and everybody on, on Panthers Twitter was making a big deal because the uh, the tweet that everybody was quote tweeting and talking about was, you know, a list of the teams and how many representatives they sent to the workout. And Carolina obviously had 14. A lot of teams had six, seven, eight, five. Um, and the Texans weren't listed on that list. However, it only said, um, it only said, you know, the top teams and the Texans. I, I know that the Texans were represented. In. I think every team almost goes to all the big school pro days, you know, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio state, Michigan, you know, and I think that it's, it's just hearsay. And, and at the end of the day, you know, Carolina obviously had a lot of people there for Stroud and, and maybe Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, but there's a lot of polarizing players there. And I can guarantee you that, that there were some representatives of the Houston Texans there. Um, and I don't, people were saying, oh, that makes it look like they don't want Stroud. They want Young, which we all, I mean, I've always said that they want Bryce Young. Um, but like I said, it's all, you know, speculation and whatnot. But um, I will say, uh, as I was at wrestling practice yesterday, some some information came out on two sides of everything. First of all, with the Thomas Davis interview that he did on, I, I, I don't exactly remember the site in the platform, um, so I, I wish I could credit it, but it was a Thomas Davis interview, and his exact words were something along the lines of, you know, 
he was talking about Bryce Young, how much he likes Bryce Young, how much he thinks that he should be the pick in Carolina. And then he was talking about how he doesn't believe Bryce Young will be the pick in Carolina. And I was like, hmm. Well, I mean, obviously, I believe that it'll be Shroud. So I guess me and TD believe there. But he said, well, then I will not be very fond of the pick. And I was like, huh. I don't see a way that Thomas Davis could not be very fond of a, of a C.J. Stroud pick. And so he kept talking. And he was like, you know, there's – I think that the pick, you know, is going to be a very, very surprising pick. And I was like, huh, there's only really one guy that this can be, you know, off the rumors and everything and really how it's going to shake out. I think it's a three-man race right now between Stroud, Young, and then the third guy who he says – there's a lot of people within the Carolina Panthers organization who is enamored, who are enamored, I'm sorry, with the physical traits of Anthony Richardson. Take that as you will, man. Um, and, and it could all be another smoke screen, you know, but I do think that TD's got some, I mean, he's obviously got ties to the program. You know, TD is a Panthers legend. And I don't believe, you know, I, I, I tend to believe more of, all the reports and analysts and sources that are blowing smoke screens. And this very well could be another smoke screen. Carolina could tell every single person and every single prospect and analyst that they're going to take them number one. But at the end of the day, I don't think that Carolina has settled on anyone. And I think that Carolina is the only team that really knows who they're going to take at number one. And I don't believe that, you know, Thomas Davis may have no clue exactly what the Carolina Panthers draft process thoughts are right now. But it's an interesting insight. And then Sheena Quick, who is a Carolina Panthers beat reporter, beat writer, um, not not exactly too sure on what beat writer means. I think she just writes for him in her free time. I, I believe she is a news analyst, and I know that she covers a lot of Carolina Panthers information. Great reporter, great writer. Um, if, if you're interested in, in Carolina Panthers or you know any NFL news, she like I said, she primarily covers the Panthers, but she she does a great job at it. And so she she released a tweet yesterday saying um, it was, I'm trying to think back. Yeah, she said, you know, Bryce Young's pro day is coming up and Carolina has scheduled a workout and a meeting with him. Obviously, we know about CJ Stroud, Carolina sending 14 guys to his workout. And then she said something along the lines of Anthony Richardson's parents being told to buy a condo in North Carolina, not an Airbnb, not a hotel. Not a VMO or VRO or whatever it is the ad you see on YouTube, but a condo. And, and it's what I like to, to, to be known, and I have it on my script as the Condo Chronicles. People, people definitely took this you know, to heart. And, and Sheena Quick is obviously a very trusted source in, in the Carolina Panthers you know, fan base and community. So it's not an aspect of trusting her credibility. But like I said, I still, I still only believe that the Carolina Panthers know who they're going to take. And for Sheena Quick to come out and say something like that, you know, it stirs the pot a little bit. And I will say this, and I had a lot of discussion with, you know, the Panthers community on Twitter about this yesterday. There were some people saying that they were going to turn in their Carolina Panther fan card if they took Anthony Richardson at one. There was um, somebody replied to the Sheena Quick quick tweet and they said uh time to oh no time to go dust off the anthony richardson film and she replied you should dot 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 another little tidbit i don't think that the beat writers have any need to blow smoke you know they're all hypothesizing just like we are um and it's a really really interesting i will say the common consensus in atmosphere around that tweet and this new news leaking out and whatnot how much of it's true how much of it isn't we don't know but the common consensus was panthers fans were very upset and if carolina gets this upset over you know a little bit of leaked news and a couple reports coming out saying that they like anthony richardson and that he may be the pick at number one if this happens on april 29th or whenever the draft is there's going to be chaos. There's going to be absolute chaos. There was, you know, a, a, a member of the four-man rush, um, Monty, uh, who um, I'm, I'm, is very good on Twitter. I'm a, I'm a very big fan of his. He said that this team deserves to be but, or lack of better words, uh, for the next decade if they take Anthony Richardson. And then it's coming from an Anthony Richardson fan, Richardson fan himself. I've noticed he tends to jump around a little bit on his prospects and whatnot, but there was a lot of that common consensus going around. There was, there was a couple, you know, a, a, 
very small handful number of people who were like, you know what? I'm cool with it. Carolina has built a, a great coaching staff. And if they feel like they should take a chance on this guy and that they can develop this guy into a great player, then hey, who's to say, you know, who's, who's to fault them for that? And so it's, it's interesting. You know, obviously you guys know my viewpoint on it. I am, you know, very much an Anthony Richardson fan. Do I think that he is the right pick? Maybe not. But I do believe that Anthony Richardson does deserve a shot, you know, and I feel like he's treated unfairly. I don't exactly know what it is, and I've said this, you know, I'm going to talk and compare the top four prospects in a little bit. AR had the worst supporting cast. I think if you put this guy in Alabama or in Ohio State in those pass-heavy offenses, because Florida was very much a run-heavy offense, and we saw that with his 700 yards on the ground, you know, Montrez. Johnson, Montrez Johnson, I think. Um, wow, I'm spacing. Uh, the the Florida Florida Gators running back, I, I believe it was Montrez Johnson, something like that. Anyways, he rushed for almost you know a thousand yards, and it was a very run heavy offense. And he did not have the best supporting cast. He had guys like Justin Shorter, and he had guys like Ricky Pearsall, who who by no means are bad collegiate players. And I think that they'll both you know wind up on a team, an NFL team, in the next coming years when it's their time. But with that being said, it's not a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. It's not a guy like their other wide receiver who I can't pronounce, but who who put up big numbers. You know, he didn't have Jameer Gibbs. He didn't have obviously Ohio or Bama is filled with five star prospects, and so is Ohio State. So I do believe that Anthony Richardson is treated unfairly, and I think if you really sit back and look at his film, it's pretty it's pretty amazing film. I feel like you know it definitely in last year Anthony Richardson would have been a very consensus top you know, quarterback one of that draft. But it's just interesting how everything shakes out. He's not named Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Didn't go to Bama or Ohio State, so he can't be considered. It's interesting to me, man. I just don't feel like he's gotten a fair shot. I think that the Carolina Panthers fans are overreacting. Would I trade up to number one and get rid of D.J. Moore just to take Anthony Richardson? Probably not. But I trust his coaching staff. I trust the decision they make. Bryce Young is probably the one I want least out of the three. And if Carolina went out there and took Bryce Young, I would be like, you know what? That's a damn good pick. I, I think it's I, – I trust this coaching staff to do whatever they are and whatever they want to do. For the guys who want to turn in their fan card, man, I used to say, you know, if, the, if Carolina parted ways with Steve Smith Sr., I was going to turn in my fan card. But at the end of the day, I came to love the team, and time moved on, and then we got a Christian McCaffrey. Then I said, oh, man, if they get rid of Christian, I, I don't know if I can be a fan anymore. They got rid of Christian. I'm a Carolina Panther fan at heart. I think I'm loyal to the team. I'm a Carolina Panthers fan most. You know, I'm a, I'm a Steve Smith. Now, that being said, I don't mind if Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore come out and show Carolina, you know, that they shouldn't have, have parted ways with them. You know, obviously, I want Carolina to win the game, depending on the situation. Hopefully, we're not tanking. <laughs> but I definitely will not be cheering for Chicago over Carolina. Uh, but I did find myself wanting, you know, Steve Smith to get some revenge. But that's besides the point. I'm getting off topic. Regardless of who Carolina drafts on, you know, April 29th or whatever the day is, I'm going to be a fan of the Carolina Panthers and I'm going to put my trust in the coaching staff. It's their job to do what they do. So you can only, you know, you can lead a, a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. They can try to draft their right guy and analyze it. But if that guy doesn't want to work and doesn't want to grind and doesn't want to be great, then anybody could fall on their face. It very well could be Anthony Richardson. It very well could be CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, any of those guys. So I'm not going to overreact off, overreact off reports. I will be actually very happy if Carolina drafts Anthony Richardson at number one just because I'm such a Richardson fan and I'm a Florida Gators fan I've seen what the guy can do I've watched him for the last year and a half and I, I never feel like he really got his fair shot you know at being quarterback one I did kind of expect him to come back you know for another year but with injuries and everything and and his supporting cast wasn't getting any better so I commend Anthony Richardson. I would like to see him get a fair shot, you know, as as a prospect. And there's a lot of people who were like, well, then we could have just stayed at, num at number nine and got Anthony Richardson. And I just don't believe that at all. I don't agree with that at all. But, you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. And I'm not here to, to sit here and judge people for how they view or whatnot. But with that being said, I will, in fact, now I'm going to start kind of my analysis and my viewpoint on the top four prospects. Those prospects being Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. Obviously, Will Levis. I'm going to throw him in there, talk about him for a little bit. But, 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 but to start out, Bryce Young. So 
It's interesting. I think Bryce Young has the highest floor and a very high ceiling. With that being said, I think he's the most pro-ready NFL quarterback, and I think that's that's non-negotiable. I think maybe C.J. Stroud may put up a debate there. Um, but I think he has the highest floor and the, the, a very high ceiling. I don't know if he has the highest ceiling, but a high ceiling at that. I don't really play into how much his size is going to affect him in the NFL. You look at guys like Russell Wilson. You look at guys like Drew Brees. You look at guys like Kyler Murray who are still able to, to play really well in the National Football League no matter what the height they are. So I'm not, I'm not one of those guys who's, who's totally out on Bryce Young because of his height. With that being said, Bryce Young played with a damn good supporting cast at Alabama. Whether it be last year, the year before that when he won his Heisman, Alabama, I mean, they don't rebuild. You know, they they re-strengthen themselves. I'm trying to think. They don't rebuild. Oh, man, I can't think of, of how to say it. But but the bottom, the, the bottom line is that Alabama is consistently a great football team. So, obviously, they may not have the absolute biggest names every single year. They may not have – when I say that, I mean, they might not have, you know, three wide receivers that come off in the first round like they have before. But Alabama is going to constantly and consistently have a good team and have a good squad. So it's not something that I'm I'm super stressed out about. You know, I, mean, I just think that Bryce Young had a very good supporting cast. And I don't think that you can take that away and, and try to dem- or diminish his stats because of that. Because at the end of the day, all Bryce Young did was go out there and win football games. And it's not something I'm going to judge him for just because he had a supporting cast. Oh, he's bad. No, that's not that's not the type of guy I am. So um, and let's let's sit here and call a spade a spade. He had the most winning experience out of these top four quarterbacks, consistently bringing Alabama either to or very close to the college football playoffs. I believe they went last year. They didn't end up going this year, but still were very competitive. Sure, he had bad games, but I think he was the most consistent out of these four. And I just think, you know, he's the most pro-ready quarterback. As of right now, he's probably the best quarterback. I don't know if he has the highest ceiling, has the highest floor out of the four. So like I said, I think he's the best, the best quarterback out of these four as of right now. Moving on, C.J. Stroud. So obviously C.J. Stroud, quarterback out of Ohio State. I will preface once again, I think that C.J. Stroud will be the pick, and I believe that C.J. Stroud should be the pick. Take that as you will. Um, I think that C.J. Stroud is the best overall thrower of the football out of the four. And with that being said, I don't think he has the biggest arm, but I think he's the most accurate. And he he can surely, you know, throw <laughs> throw that thing down the field. Um, I was watching some clips from his pro day here and there. And, and Stroud looked good, man. There's no, there's no doubt about it. There's no way that I can diminish him for his performance today. You know, a couple throws were a little low, one was a little high, but, you know, you're going to get that. No but no quarterback is perfect. No NFL player is perfect. Um, so, like I said, I think he's the best and most accurate thrower out of the four as an altogether unit. He's mobile when needed, but he's not a guy – I'm trying to think about who I would compare. Maybe Patrick Mahomes as far as his mobility. If he's needed to be mobile, then he'll get mobile. You know, he's declined to run the 40-yard dash, which a lot of people are saying, oh, he must run a 4.8 or a 4.9, and he doesn't want to ruin his draft stock with his speed. I don't personally see it as that big of a deal. If he can scramble and get a first down, fantastic. I've seen Ben Roethlisberger do it. And C.J. Stroud is faster than Ben Roethlisberger, so – I'm not a. I'm not too too concerned about that. Um, I will say, you know, C.J. Stroud struggled and had some head scratching moments at times, but you're gonna get that. You know, like I said, not every quarterback is gonna go out there and throw 400 yards and four touchdowns every game. Every game, um, you're you're gonna have to take the good with the bad. And I will say right now that I'll never forget watching this game, and and I was like, hmm. it was it was very reminiscent of Justin Fields' final game against Clemson. This man, C.J. Stroud, against the best team in the country who, who demolished TCU in the college football championship, just goes out there and lights Georgia up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's not something to be overlooked. Georgia's stacked with talent. And Georgia, as, as far as a defensive standard, and obviously we know they're stacked with talent on the offensive side of the football too. But for C.J. Stroud to come in there 
and light up a very good team where people had doubts about him playing bad against bad teams. How's he going to play against a good team? For him to come in there and shut everybody up, it's hard to overlook that. It definitely is hard to overlook that. So it's not something that I'll overlook. I think C.J. Stroud really rose his draft stock right there. And if I mean, I think it was his best game of the year. And if your best game of the year is against the top team in the nation, the national champions just demolished everybody besides Ohio State, then, man, Maybe not every team besides Ohio State, but you get the gist, um, at least in the playoffs. Then you're going to get your flowers, and, and I'm going to give C.J. Stroud his roses and flowers and cookies and credit for all that. So I would put C.J. Stroud C.J. Stroud at quarterback number two, Bryce Young at quarterback number one right now. I think that you can get, the more, you can get more out of C.J. Stroud than you can get out of Bryce Young. But as of a quarterback prospect right now, I would put Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. Moving on to Anthony Richardson. I mean, what is there not to debate about this guy? You know, it's, it's interesting, and, and I'm probably going to go on a ramble and sound really repetitive with what I say, but I just can't. Like, there's a lot of people who don't see it this way, and I just don't know how. So I think without a doubt, Anthony Richardson has the highest ceiling out of any quarterback and damn near any player in this draft. With that being said, he has the hot, the lowest floor out of these top three quarterbacks, maybe top four. I don't know if Levis's floor is is higher than than Richardson's. I'm really not sure. Um, but but Richardson's ceiling. I mean, you look at it, man. A 40.5 inch vertical, a what 10 foot nine inch broad jump, and then a 4-4-4, 40-yard dash, fo-fo-fo, Wendy's, that's, bruh, y'all don't understand, this man ran his draft, or ran his 40-yard dash in a medium Coke from Wendy's, and a junior bacon cheeseburger from Wendy's, and a four-piece chicken McNugget from Wendy's, and a small fry from Wendy's, he ran that joint in a fo-fo-fo, <laughs> uh, shout out Logan Schiller for the fo-fo-fo, um, think about you. Um, but Richardson's physical traits are insane, man. I mean, let's, let's call a spade a spade here. 6'4", 244, very reminiscent of Cam Newton. And everybody was like, hmm, it'll be interesting to see how the numbers stack up. And then Richardson went out there and blew Cam out of the water. I think Cam ran a 4'6". They had the, the semi-track running a, you know, simulation of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and maybe Cam Newton you know, in the 40-yard dash. And Richardson is dusting these guys. And with this being said, I know I'm putting a lot of emphasis on the combine. I knew Richardson was going to go off at the combine. Anybody who knows anything about Florida or Anthony Richardson, they know that he's he was going to go off on the combine. I did not realize he was that fast. Sometimes it looked like when he was out there, you know, running against LSU or Florida State or Utah in the first game of the year, it seemed like he was jogging. He takes like short, choppy strides or something. I don't know what it is. I'm not a doctor. Uh, but it doesn't look like Anthony Richardson is running that fast. Then to go out there and run a fo-fo-fo. <laughs> Shit, crazy, man. Um, I apologize for that. Um, I will say, I think, obviously, he's the most mobile out of any quarterback in this draft. 700 yards on the ground, and I think six touchdowns on the ground. I mean, it, it can't be overlooked. I know that everybody wants to put emphasis on the passing yards and, and talk about his, what, what did he have? I think he had 17 touchdowns passing and nine interceptions passing. So be it, man. Okay, he didn't throw for 41 touchdowns. Okay, he was throwing to Ricky Pearsall. Like, <laughs> word. Um but I, I do think he's obviously the most mobile, and along with that, I think he has the the strongest arm at any quarterback. Now, Will Levis, he can he can low key tote that thing, but I do believe you know that he has the strongest arm, and that he can really I mean he can he can let that joint eat, he can let that chopper sang downfield, and this I mean it's pretty apparent. They were throwing the sixty yard bombs and. I mean, I think, bro, I've seen so many clips from like the Manning camp and, and against LSU and against some FCS school. Um, first play of the game, Anthony Richardson just lets it eat 70 yards downfield. It, is, it was kind of crazy. Um, but with that being said, I don't know how much emphasis I place on the combine. Obviously, Richardson tore it up at the combine, had far and away the best combine performance out of any of the quarterbacks. 
maybe C.J. Stroud beat him in the throwing drills, but it was it was actually pretty close. Richardson has a nice release. Not to say that any of the other guys don't, because all, I mean, all four of these guys have looked very pretty when they're throwing the football. Um, but with that being said, Richardson does not have the best film or stats. Fit Richardson. Richardson had a lot of head scratching moments and inconsistent play throughout the year. And that's me being, being brutally honest from a Florida Gators fan. I did not think that Anthony Richardson was going to be a top five prospect. I knew that the potential was there. I absolutely knew the potential was there because some, some games this dude looks like a homelander or something. You know what I'm saying? Like not even Superman, homelander, just untouchable in that world. That being said, I do think that the super, Superman would give Homelander the business, but Homelander and that in the boys' universe, I mean, and bro is untouchable. Let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade here. <laughs> if I, had, I think I've said let's call it spade a spade here like three times in this broadcast. That's crazy. Um, but like I said, he doesn't have the best film or stats from the season. Frank Reich and Scott Fitterer have made it clear that they like to see two to three years of solid film and solid f- stats out of these guys. Richardson started about a year and a half. He was splitting time with Emory Jones last year, obviously got the nod to start this year. So, it, you know, it places the importance on how much do you like experience and whatnot. Um, I do think that the Andy Dalton signing is still something to look at. I've gotten a couple people who are like, hmm, you know what, Kyler, I kind of agree with you, or I agree with them. And they say that the, you know, Andy Dalton signing to Carolina could be a performance of, or an instance evidence of Carolina looking to, to have a guy for a bridge or a mentor. And you're going to have bridge quarterbacks regardless. Every team does it. Outside of like Jacksonville when they drafted Lawrence. Because Lawrence started from day one, but it's not too common that quarterbacks start from day one recently. You look at guys like Patrick Mahomes, he didn't even do it. And I'm not saying that that's the same case or whatnot, but I do think it's something to look at. I will say with this, Anthony Richardson far and away had the worst supporting cast out of the top four quarterbacks, and I've already touched on that, so I won't touch on it too much here. Um, But all at the same time, man, he might be the most polarizing prospect since Cam Newton. And I think from a physical stature, he's a more polarizing prospect than Cam Newton. Take that as you will. Take it as a hot take. Take it as, as, do I think that Anthony Richardson is better than Cam Newton? No, I don't. I don't know if he will be better than Cam Newton in his career. I think he absolutely has the potential to be just as good, if not better, than Cam Newton. Man, it's interesting. I think I would put Anthony Richardson... So my, I'm going to talk about these guys in the order that I think that they are ranked. And Anthony Richardson coming in at three. I would not be upset if Carolina took him. I don't think he's the right pick. I do think I would rather have Anthony Richardson and bank on that upside over than Bryce Young. And I, and I may get crucified for that take, but it's, it's my preference. It's my little bit of bias leaking in from being a Florida Gators fan. But I think still the pick is C.J. Straub. Moving on to prospect number four. Will Levis, no, nada. Is that how you say it in Spanish? I don't know. Will Levis, man, uh, obviously the quarterback out of Kentucky. I didn't really know who Will Levis was coming into this year. I tuned into the Florida versus Kentucky game. I was like, huh. everybody's always talking about this Will Levi's guy. Hmm. Interesting. Watched him play a decent game against Florida where he was kind of getting bailed out by his receivers. Will Levis takes a lot of sacks. I understand that Kentucky did not have a great offensive line. You, you question the pocket presence there. I, I very much don't think Will Levis is in play for the Carolina Panthers. But if you look at a guy like Anthony Richardson pop, possibly being in play, then who's to say that Will Levis isn't? Because a lot of people consistently believe that they're kind of neck and neck as far as a prospect. So it's all interesting. I think Will Levis has a cannon. I don't know. You know, I've, I've every year, like I said, and, and I think two episodes ago, I get a quarterback prospect who I don't like, and then I pretty much just habitually hate on him. And this year is Will Levis. With that being said, I do believe that Will Levis has potential to be a pretty decent quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he'll have a better career than any of the three guys ahead of him. I think I've hated on Will Levis unfairly, and this is my first time admitting to this. Um, I think regardless of if Will goes to Las Vegas, 
Shout out Parker Stiver. I uh, really appreciate the support from him. I know he does not want Will Levis. Trust me, I don't either. Maybe AR will fall to you guys if we don't take him. Um, but if he maybe if he goes to Las Vegas, maybe if he goes to Atlanta, I do believe that Will Levis has the potential to possibly do something. Gets with the right coaching staff, gets with the right roster. Maybe in in Las Vegas, where Jimmy G can kind of can kind of develop him a little bit. Let's not act like Las Vegas don't got weapons. So it's it's interesting. Like I said, I'm not going to sit here and, and consistently hate on Will Levis like I have in the past. But it's interesting, man. Um, so those are my quarterback rankings, and, and that's the first time I've really opened it and dug deep on the four prospects on my pos- podcast, you know, or my brand of that six, regardless. And that that kind of gives you guys some reasoning of some of the stuff that I say. So just to recap, Bryce Young, highest floor, maybe the high, not the highest ceiling, but a very high ceiling at that. Most pro ready quarterback um, had a very good supporting cast. C.J. Stroud, I think will be the pick at number one. Uh, Most accurate and best thrower of the football, mobile when needs to be. Um, I I do believe that Bryce Young has the best leadership skills. I will say that. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud obviously have a history of winning. Anthony Richardson, far and away the highest ceiling out of any of the four quarterbacks, and I don't think that's up for debate. Absolute physical, just phenomenon and polarizing player and very head-scratching moments at time, inconsistent quarterback play. But if he gets with the right coaching staff, if he can stay healthy, if he can turn learn to take some of the zip off the balls or make better decisions sometimes or just get a little more accurate, then I think Anthony Richardson can be damn special in the National Football League. Um, moving on to Will Levis. I think he's the worst quarterback out of these four. I think he can have a very decent career in the NFL. Man, I saw somebody compare C.J. Stroud to like, like his pro comp was Ryan Tannehill or something. I don't don't know if I want that to be my pro comp. Keep it a bean, the handoff gremlin. Um, But but those are, are just, you know, some of my thoughts on the quarterbacks and whatnot. That way you guys can like put some stuff, you know, put a, Put a face to the reasons, reasoning of why I'm saying. So moving on, man. So we got some free agency news. Obviously, it's been last Thursday since I've talked to you guys last. Um, a lot of things have happened. Some trades that went down, some, some releases, some signings. So starting off, this is all starting off ESPN's transaction website. A lot of this stuff was known, but this was like official stuff that happened. Um, the Houston Texans signed Sheldon Rankins to a one-year contract. Running back Justice Hill. Tyler Huntley was tendered. Um, Justice Hill signed a two-year contract with the Baltimore Ravens, signed Tyler Huntley to a tendered contract, and then they traded Chuck Clark to the New York Jets for an undisclosed draft pick. The Jaguars re-signed Trayvon Campbell to a one-year. Tight end Hayden Hurst agreed to terms with Carolina on a three-year contract. Tyler Larson uh, agreed to a contract extension, and they re- and Washington re-signed F.A. Obata, Panthers legend, to a one-year contract. Anthony Nelson re-signed on a two-year deal in Tampa Bay, and as did Levante David on a one-year deal. Cornerback Michael Jackson, hee <laughs> um, hee, uh, They signed Michael Jackson. The Seattle Seahawks did to an exclusive rights tendered contract. Um, Absolute head-scratching pick in the 2018-19 NFL Draft. Cleland Farrell out of Las Vegas, Oakland at the time. Shout out Parker Stiver. Signed a one-year contract with the San Francisco 49ers. Would like to see Cleland Farrell, you know, maybe start to... I would like to see him have a good career. I wanted him in Carolina. We ended up getting Spider Burns, though. Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker Cole Holcomb signed... And Pittsburgh agreed to re-sign on a three-year contract. The Arizona Cardinals re-signed Will Hernandez, Ezekiel Turner, Kaiser White. Oh, wow, Lord. Hijati Froholt and Kevin Strong um, on one- and two-year contracts. The New York Giants officially released Kenny Galladay. Uh, Riley Reef <laughs> signed with New England along with Yodney Kajusti. On a tendered contract, and the the uh, the Patriots officially signed Juju Smith Schuster. Vikings agreed to terms with Marcus Davenport, Byron Murphy Jr., and Josh Oliver. They re-signed Ben Iverson, Efferson, and Kenny Willikas. <laughs> Sorry, um, the Kansas City Chiefs signed Shane Buscelli to an exclusive rights tender. 
The Indianapolis Colts re-signed Ashton Dolan to a two-year contract and signed Taven Bryan to a one-year contract with that releasing Matt Ryan. Tremont Smith, cornerback kick returner, re-signed into Denver on a two-year contract. The Dallas Cowboys agreed to terms with Tyron Smith and released Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Shout out to Kate Dynan. Uh, really big Zeke fan. Uh, it was very, very remind. It reminds me very, very uh, deja vu ish. I'm trying to reminiscent of my relationship with Christian McCaffrey. Is is how Cade Dynan's relationship with Zeke is. Shout out to him for staying a Cowboys fan. I respect it, man. So, moving on, the Houston Texans released Mario Addison, offensive guard AJ Can, Jalen Reeves Maben, and Resigned Derek Rivers. Um, the Carolina, oh my God, I didn't even know we did this. We resigned Ian Thomas, uh, resigned Bradley Bozeman at the same time. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers signed Chase Edmonds to a one year contract and resigned Jamel Dean and Anthony Nelson. Wow, this was, this was very um, interesting information out of Los Angeles. Nasir Adderley of the Los Angeles Chargers announced that he would retire and they re-signed Morgan Fox. Nasir Adderley, you know, was a guy who I really looked at Carolina to draft and had a really bright future, although he couldn't stay healthy. All the best to Nasir Adderley and Chargers Nation. Um, Man, some things are bigger than football. That's all I got to say. The Pittsburgh Steelers released Miles Jack and signed Patrick Peterson and Cole Holcomb. The Arizona Cardinals named Blaine Gaudier to a coaching staff. I don't even know what that's about. Uh, The New York Giants signed Paris Campbell, uh, re-signed outside linebacker Jihad Ward to a one-year contract and agreed to terms with Darius Slayton and then signed Bobby Okariki. The New England Patriots re-signed Mac Wilson to a one-year deal and released Brian Hoyer. The Minnesota Vikings agreed to terms with Alexander Madison and then Harrison Smith. The Baltimore, or Baltimore, what am I saying? The Miami Dolphins re-signed Miles Gaskin, Duke Riley, Jeff Wilson, signed quarterback Mike White. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders signed Philip Dorsett, Robert Spillane, Marcus Epps, Jacoby Myers, and Brandon Faxian, I don't know. The Tennessee Titans released offensive linebacker Bud Dupree and agreed to terms with Nick Westbrook on a one-year deal. Graham Glasgow is going to Detroit on a one-year deal along with running back David Montgomery was a three-year deal. Um, But they also signed Will Harris, David Montgomery, and Cameron Sutton. Uh, Alex Singleton is coming back to Denver along with Ben Powers. Um... The Bills signed Kyle Allen. I did not even know that. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons signed Taylor Heineke and Jesse Bates and Caden Ellis. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers releasing Leonard Fournette and tight end Cameron Brait. The Seattle Seahawks signed Devin Bush and agreed to terms with Julian Love. The Los Angeles Chargers re-signed Donald Parham, the Madden legend. If you play Madden, you trust me, you definitely know who Donald Parham is. Um, and the New England Patriots released Jalen Mills, who they actually just signed on a one-year deal. Um, and they signed Jabril Peppers, James Robinson, and we said Juju like four times. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders officially signed Jimmy Garoppolo to that three-year deal. The Dallas Cowboys re-signed Cooper Rush. The Bills released Isaac, Isaiah McKenzie uh, and re-signed Dane Jackson to a one-year contract, which we know that Isaiah McKenzie actually signed with the Indianapolis Colts today. Uh, the Panthers officially signed Shy Tuttle to his deal, a three-year deal. Um, the Chicago Bears signed Deonta Foreman. Best wishes to Deonta. I hope that you are very successful in Chicago. I hope you and DJ have great, you know, 10 years there. Hopefully you don't stay there too long and hopefully you can find a better team. But I wish nothing but the best for Deonta Foreman. Would have loved to see him back in Carolina. Very happy with Miles Sanders. So I'm going to leave that at that. And they also signed Robert Tunyon. So north to north, eh? Um, So Sunday, March 19th. 
kind of a big trade here as far as the wide receiver room. And I'm going to talk about D-Hop a little bit after this. Uh, the Houston Texans acquired a fifth-round pick in 2023 and a sixth-round pick in 2024 for wide receiver Brandon Cooks and sent him over to Dallas. Very interesting, man. I didn't really think that Dallas needed wide receiver help. And I still get these like senile Cowboys fans who are like, man, we need to trade for trade for D-Hop. Huh? Bro, you got you got C.D. Lamb, you got Michael Gallup, you got Noah Brown, now you got Brandon Cooks. They're talking about drafting a wide receiver. And uh, Cowboys fans really are some of the most delusional people ever. I mean, shout out Kate Dynan, but I know. Um, the Buffalo Bills signed Devin Singletary and Dalton Schultz to one-year contracts. The Arizona Cardinals signed Zach Pascal to a two-year deal. The New England Patriots signed another tight end in Mike Gusecki and tackle Riley Reef. And they re-signed Max, Mac Wilson Sr. We obviously knew about that. Sean Murphy Bunting is signing with Tennessee on a one-year deal. Trent Sherfield signed to Buffalo on a one-year deal. I got a trade right as I was beginning to record this episode. And let me see exactly what this one was. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The Cleveland Browns are trading for Jets wide Jets speedy wide receiver Elijah Moore. A new threat in Cleveland. This is from Ian Rappaport on Twitter. Terms, it's a it's pick number 42, which is the second round pick, and pick number 74, which is a third round pick, man. It's low-key a lot of compensation for Elijah Moore, who they spent, you know, the first or a second over or second round pick. But it was a very early second round pick. You know what I'm saying? I I, I don't exactly remember what. Oh, no, it was the Jets. So it was the Zach Wilson draft. Um, so so a lot of compensation for Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is going to, um, going more, going to Cleveland. Sorry, uh, hoping for more production. I really like Elijah Moore. So I think that. It, it could be very interesting. And the Jets are loading up on wideouts, man. Um, Corey Davis is likely to be traded next. And now the Jets are seemingly targeting Odell Bacon Jr. Um, they just signed McCole Hardman today. They already have Alan Lazard. Man, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, what Green Bay is trying to do here, man. Who let them – or not Green Bay. What uh, New York is trying to do here. Who let them cook? So... um. Wow, I'm on Twitter right now, and these Panthers fans are going crazy. Uh, some more C.J. Stroud stuff I didn't talk about. Josh McCown was talking to C.J. Stroud. It was caught on video. People are trying to say maybe that, that McCown said maybe when you live in Charlotte, we'll find a court, and they were talking about a game of horse. I heard when you come to Charlotte. I could be wrong. And then J.C. Horn just posted C.J. Stroud on their story, but it was a Panthers post, and all he did was repost it. So, man, people really – People really find a way. So now I want to talk about D-Hop a little bit. What the hell is going on with DeAndre Hopkins? Um, I'm getting an update from Albert Breer. Actually, Dov Kleeman, but he kind of just reposts what everybody else says. Um, the Cardinals will not be able to get their initial asking price of a second-round pick and another asset in a trade for wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. He thinks it will be closer to the Cowboys' Brandon Cook's trade of a fifth and sixth round picks. That would be absolutely amazing. Scott Fitterer, if you're listening, I know you're not. First of all, draft Anthony Richardson or CJ Stroud. Second of all, did I follow McCall Hardman on Twitter? No, I didn't. Um, second of all, trade for D-Hop. It'd be a hell of a trade, man. That's how you replace DJ Moore. You put Anthony Richardson or CJ Stroud with a guy like D-Hop, with a guy like Adam Thielen, who we didn't even talk about. Carolina citing Adam Thielen on a three-year $24 million deal, three-year $20 million deal, something like that. Uh, Adam said he still got some left in the tank. Obviously, Adam Thielen at 32 years old, very reminiscent of me, of Carolina actually letting go Steve Smith Sr. because they got a new quarterback at the helm. Carolina is getting a new quarterback at the helm and signing a older wide receiver who, who you know what I'm saying, he, his production may be a little down. But Adam Thielen can still play football. And I'll tell you, there's one thing that if Adam Thielen going to do one thing for you, he finna get in that end zone. So 
I think that that's pretty interesting. Um, I don't think that there was any more super crazy trades. So uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson Gardner agreeing to go to Detroit on a one-year deal. And bear with me if I miss some signings. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to do the best I can. Now I'm going to talk about some best available free agents and if I would like to see Carolina go after him. Starting off with Odell ba Beckham. That's the first time I've said his name right. Um, obviously, Odell Bacon is looking to get signed. You know, he had his workout. He looks better. I wouldn't be mad if a team took a chance. I don't know if it should be Carolina. We have around $24 million in cap space. Still got to sign the draft guys and whatnot. Maybe they have money set aside for that. I don't know. Um, but I, I think that Beckham will get another shot somewhere. I don't know if that'll be in Carolina. I would rather them go after DeAndre Hopkins. Moving on, Bobby Wagner, who's age 33, obviously very old, can still think that he, he can play at an elite level. And, you know, if you're if you're a team that is in win-out mode, go after him, man. Yannick Ngakwe, which, gosh, I love saying Ngakwe. Um, I would not be mad if Carolina went after Yannick Ngakwe. Um, nine and a half sacks this year. Ten the last year. I mean, he gets after the quarterback. So, number 29, another guy who Carolina is actually actively targeting is wide receiver DJ Chark. Would like to see a speedy wide receiver in Carolina, along with Adam Thielen. If we don't get D-Hop, I think we should go after DJ Chark. Puna Ford out of Seattle has yet to sign as had Shaquille Griffin, Jadavion Clowney, Rocky Sin, Dalton Rissner, Isaiah Wynn, Marcus Peters, Leonard Floyd, Calais Campbell, Melvin Ingram, Teddy Bridgewater, Connor McGovern, Donovan Smith. Wow, that's surprising. Uh, Frank Clark, Bryce Callahan, Justin Houston, John Johnson, A. Sean Robinson, Taylor Rapp, Denzel Perryman, Andrew Van Kinkle out of Miami, Irv Smith. Um, those are all guys who have yet to be signed, just some notable guys. Man, I think give them a shot, man, for real. There's, there's some big-name guys there who can really step in and make an impact on the football field. Um, I expect those guys to be signed, you know, somewhat rather fast-ish uh, and things of that nature. The time you guys have been waiting for, you see it's getting a little late in the episode. You know what time it is. Kyler Bills, 100% accurate, mock draft 3.0. You're going to notice some changes in this mock draft. I will tell you that. The top five, five picks, yep, top five picks staying the exact same. At pick number one, the Carolina Panthers select C.J. Stroud, quarterback out of Ohio State. At pick number two, the, the Houston Texans select Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama. Pick number three, the Arizona Cardinals select Will Anderson Jr., edge rusher out of Alabama. Pick number four, the Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida. Pick number five, the Seattle Seahawks select defensive tackle Jalen Carter out of Georgia. At pick number six, I have a, 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 I didn't even think about this, man. All right, I picked, I, I messed up the Lions' second pick. All right, chill out, chill out, chill out. <laughs> the Detroit Lions get that corner help and pick up Devin Witherspoon, cornerback out of Illinois. And then at pick number seven, the Las Vegas Raiders still go quarterback Will Levis out of Kentucky. Pick number eight, the Atlanta Falcons go Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher out of Texas Tech. Pick number nine, the Chicago Bears go Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Pick number 10, the Philadelphia Eagles will select Brian Branch, safety out of Alabama after losing Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Looks like it could be a good pick, Mario. At pick number 11, the Tennessee Titans select Quentin Johnston, wide receiver out of TCU. Getting that big body back in that in that wide receiving core, you know, after missing after losing out on AJ Brown, obviously they got Traylon Burks last year. Could be an interesting backfield. Yeah, there's wide receiver kind of backfield. I'm a counter. Um, at pick number twelve, I have the Houston Texans selecting Kalijah Cansey, the defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. Pick number thirteen, I have Peter Skronsky being the so. Excuse me, the selection out of New York, the tackle out of Northwestern. Pick number 14, I have the New England Patriots selecting Luke Van Ness, the edge out of Iowa. Pick number 15, I have the tight end. Oh, I got the hiccups. Out of Notre Dame, Michael Mayer going to Green Bay. Pick number 16, I have Osiris Torrance going to Washington, the guard out of Florida. Pick number 17, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers selecting Paris Johnson Jr., the tackle out of Ohio State. I don't know if this next pick is going to happen because I have I have them selecting 
Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State. Maybe they go tight end here. I have the Detroit Lions going. Joey Porter Jr., um, cornerback out of Penn State, going pick number 18. At pick number 19, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers selecting Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah. At pick number 20, I have Brian Brees going to Seattle, pairing up with Jalen Carter. Man, I doubled up on another position, huh? It's a kind of a sloppy mock draft, but it will be 100% accurate. Don't trip on that. Uh, pick number 21 is technically forfeited. So with the 21st pick in the 2023 NFL draft, I have the Los Angeles Chargers going after Christian Gonzalez, getting some de- defensive back help after Nasir Adderley called it a career. Uh, the cornerback out of Oregon at pick number 22, I have Nolan Smith, the edge out of Georgia, going to Baltimore at pick number 23. I have Deontay Banks, the cornerback out of Maryland, going to the Minnesota Vikings. Pick number 24, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars selecting Zay Flowers, the wide receiver out of Boston College. Pick number 25, I have, I'm tripling up on wide receivers and I have Jordan Addison going to the New York Giants, the wide receiver out of USC. Pick number 26, I have the Dallas Cowboys doubling and tripling and quadrupling up on wide receivers and going Josh Downs, the wide receiver out of North Carolina. Pick number 27, I have Bijan Robinson, the, the highest he's been taken, the first time he hasn't been a chief in my mock drafts. I have him going to Buffalo. Oh, man, that'd be scary. I have Bijan getting selected by the Buffalo Bills. Pick number 28, I have the Cincinnati Bengals selecting Anton Harrison, the tackle out of Oklahoma. Pick number 29, I have Miles Murphy, the edge out of Clemson, going to New New Orleans. I'm sorry. Definitely needed edge help after losing Marcus Davenport this offseason. Pick number 30, I have two edge rushers in a row. Actually, three edge rushers in a row. I have Felix Nukdiki. Ozuma, the edge out of Kansas State going to Philadelphia. First time he's been a first-round pick in my mocks. And then at pick number 31, I have Will McDonald, the fourth, going to Kansas City, who is the edge out of Iowa State. So, man, like I said, unless until April 29th, or until I hear Frank Wright come out there and say, we are drafting Bryce Young with the first overall pick, I'm going to keep mocking it to be C.J. Stroud. Even if he came out there and said, look, we're drafting Anthony Richardson number one, I'm still mock C.J. Stroud. In that case, if I'm wrong, but I'm right, and I'm, that's a loss I'll take, man. It's like in my pickums when I would pick, Carol, or pick Carolina to lose, but they won. I was like, hmm, we still won. Ain't held my pickums, but you know what I'm saying? A little bittersweet win-win scenario. You know what I'm saying? You heard me. Um, but that is my mock draft 3.0. That is episode 12 for you guys. The way that things are still flying out, man, obviously it's not going to be a whole lot of free agency signings. Trades are going to start dying down. Things are going to get a little stale. Going to start talking about some more prospects, some teams. You know what it is. Um, But ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for episode 12 of That Six. Can't tell you guys how nice it is. You know, every time I'm back in the booth to speak with you guys, talk about what I love with you guys. Um, I want to invite you guys listening to follow me once again on Twitter or TikTok. Obviously, my Instagram is... Kyler.bills, if you wanted to follow that. And my TikTok is under at that six podcast. You can find it on Spotify. I mean, if you're listening to it, you know where it's at. So, or another streaming site, but I think a lot of people listen on Spotify. Um, but that's gonna do it, it's gonna do it for me today. Um, I hope you guys all stay safe. I hope your team signs whoever you want, unless you're one of my chosen. Actually, I hate a lot of teams, so probably not. But I hope that your fandom goes well. We're one week closer to the draft. Can't wait to talk to you guys next time. And that's going to be it for me. Thank you guys so much for listening. And deuces. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.